When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Smart TV with me, Kellyanne Taylor, and of course, the phenomenal, the fabulous Caroline Frost. Hello. Caroline, what do you have for me this week? All right, well, I'm going to start off with something very traditional, a sitcom, a situation comedy, you know, like the old (laughs) days, and it's on linear telly. Also like the old days. My goodness. So we have coming up on Friday at 9.30, BBC One, hoping to catch that kind of not going out crew, The Power of Parker. Now, this has some familiar faces in it. We have Conleth Hill and Sean Gibson, who people will know from Peter Kay's Car Share. And along for the ride is Rosie Cavallero. Now, it's uh, a love triangle which we used to get a lot more of on the screens, I feel. I think plots have become a lot more complicated, but this is the Eternal Triangle. It's also a comedy, so a love triangle, I guess you can go very dark, uh, see Dr Foster, but they're definitely playing it for laughs. And really, it's about a man, the Parker of the title, played by Conleth Hill, being caught very much in the middle between these two ladies. So uh, whether you'll have much sympathy for him once you see the mess he's got into, I guess will depend on the viewer. But it's sweet. It's not as snappy as Car Share. I mean, my goodness, that was a high bar. But it will certainly get you through any quiet and uh, otherwise tedious Friday nights. So what's that called, Caroline? That's called The Power of Parker, beginning at 9.30 on BBC One on Friday night. Amazing. So I have something which is uh, very, very strange. I know we did a kind of David Tennant episode a few weeks ago and I actually interviewed him last week for an episode of the Radio Times podcast which is due to come out in I believe three or four weeks so keep your eyes peeled for that. Tell me, tell me, was he nice? Was he nice to you? He is the gem of gems. It was kind of a very similar moment to Stephen Fry. You know, I grew up watching Doctor Who. He was my doctor. That was my era. You know, they always say don't interview a hero so I went in a little apprehensive and he was just so charming He's so nice. He's a really, really good interviewee. Um, And he just is so, he's so intelligent. And I think that's the thing. The the actors actually at the top of their game in the British TV scene are just genuinely very incredible, very talented, very lovely people. So it will be a phenomenal episode for listeners to tune into. But... To circle back, he is in Good Omens, which is coming to Amazon Prime Series 2 a week today. So the premise of this, so the reason why I'm giving you a week's notice is so that you can go and catch up on the first series, which is available now on Amazon Prime. The first series and the concept of Good Omens is you have a devil and an angel who are friends. And the angel is played by Michael Sheen and the devil by David Tennant. And they meet and they've had this kind of long-standing relationship. There's lots of kind of online theories about whether there might be a romance there or not. Uh, see radiotimes.com for lots of headlines on that <laughs> this week. And basically they get caught in this mission to try and prevent the world from being destroyed. And it's all very complicated and lots of kind of through plots 
It's very different to what I would normally watch. It's high fantasy. It's very funny. And you know, comedy isn't usually my thing. But I think mm. for people looking for escapism, it's a, a Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman adaptation. So I think that's all you need to know. If It's, it's either going to be for you or it's not. But <laughs> um, it's worth perhaps having a watch so that's good omens the series one is available right now series two next friday so i'm giving you plenty of time to catch up before the new series drops okay i'm gonna give it one episode based on your recommendation because i'm the same as you this would not be what i would normally watch but i do like the pair of them they're high class act together so we know that because of stage staged came out of good omens of course yeah. because of the chemistry between the two plus they were bored in lockdown so <laughs> let's give them a whirl all right um what can i offer you in return bowie night oh my goodness it must be so weird because i'm guessing were you around for kind of bowie and what what chapter of bowie would you say you played witness to if any none i remember right. my first kind of outing my, my first Bowie outing was I used to be in a theatre group and we learnt a song by him. And that was, <laughs> I, I would have been 12 or 13 and I didn't know who he was before that. Or, you know, you see the face paint and all of that kind of stuff, but not, I, I did not grow up listening to Bowie. Interesting. So, um, I mean, everybody has a favourite Bowie chapter, I mm. think. The purists would really disapprove. I'm a big fan of the Let's Dance, the much more commercial Nile Rodgers-influenced era of the 80s. Purists would be thinking, go home, once they say that. But there's something for everyone on Bowie night on Wednesday. So, I mean, he's been gone now for seven years. He was the vanguard in that dreadful year 2016 of the great losses, just as he was the vanguard in so many ways. And and they celebrate him at large on BBC4 Wednesday night, starting with a very interesting film, Cracked Actor. This is a documentary and it follows Bowie uh, when he was kind of going around the States in 1974, reflecting on the fact he just killed off his stage persona, Ziggy Stardust, as well as Aladdin Sane. And I guess that was leaving the canvas bare to be painted once again, as he so extraordinarily did. Another part of the night, I'm not even going to try to describe this, I'm just going to read out one line from the Radio Times preview, which says, The eerie ball from 1982, this is a film, with Bowie playing a debauched poet in a pre-First World War Germany and Bertolt Brecht's play. There we are, introduced by Zoe Wanamaker. So we know that uh, directors used to like to scoop Bowie up. He was just too good to be kept to the music. He was in films like Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence. People talk about Harry Styles as the, the sort of 2023 incarnation. I think he might be the nearest we've got, but I think he's got a bit of a way to go before he starts to share Bowie's really quite unique status in the arts firmament. So that's Bowie night, Wednesday night, BBC Four, feast away. That sounds like a celebration and one not to miss. Talking of ones not to miss, I have A Year on Planet Earth, ITV1. I think we spoke about this series earlier on, but it's coming. It's all available on ITVX, but it's coming to ITV1 Sunday, 8pm. And the focus of this episode, narrated by Stephen Fry, is summer. Um, you know, all of the listeners will know by now that I love any kind of nature travel documentary. I love slow television. It's one of the first ideas that I pitched at Radio Times. It was one of the first features that I got my hands on. And the reason why I love this program so much is it steps into that place. You know, a lot of them share very similar grounds. You know, you've got your 
a frozen planet, planet Earth, blue planet. All of them are incredible, but the most- Lots of, of planets. Lots of planets. But I think each and every one of them touches slightly differently on nature and a different outlook onto something that we haven't seen before. So something that really captivated me in this episode, there is footage of a time-lapse of the Great Migration, it's called, um, in East Africa, where basically millions of animals travel uh, in search of water. And it looks almost like they're moving as one. And, and this kind of footage is something like you would see in the cinema. I think it's phenomenal. I don't think you need much more of a, an indication about what it's about, but it's just lovely, slow, informative watching. So that is A Year on Planet Earth. You can catch the summer episode on ITV1, 8pm on Sunday. Or if you fancy travelling through the seasons, you can watch the full series on ITVX. How lovely that they have all of them ready to go for each of the seasons. Tell me about the film of the week. Right, so Caroline, this has been a huge week for film. So as you'll see on the front cover of this week's Radio Times, it is Oppenheimer week and Barbie week. So as we said before this recording, there has been something of a cultural discussion and conversation about these two phenomenal pieces of cinema dropping on the same day, which is today. I was lucky enough to see Barbie on Monday and Oppenheimer on Tuesday. Uh, so Barbie, it's very hard to summarise, to be honest. It is weird, wacky. It's Greta Gerwig directing it, who um, did the likes of Little Women, Ladybird, known for her kind of feminist angle on things. So obviously Barbie uh, seemed like an interesting... Mm, I was going to ask, how does that fit? Yeah, so, I mean, it's really interesting. As I was waiting to go into the screener, there was a man with a megaphone outside talking about how Barbie uh, has been an issue or caused a lot of issues for young girls. Bulimia, anorexia, creates unrealistic standards of beauty. And then you've got Margot Robbie, obviously an incredibly beautiful woman playing Barbie. But what they do is it is kind of an all-singing, all-dancing production that really twist Barbie as we know and potentially as we like it on its head and it does really touch upon these issues of what Barbie means where Barbie's place is in the world it's interesting you leave kind of feeling like I don't know what I've just watched or consumed but you feel joyous and also like a conversation about what womanhood means has been unpicked and I think that's all I can really say how do you feel after you've seen Oppenheimer? The same or slightly different? I watched Oppenheimer in the IMAX at the Science Museum, which felt very fitting. And I heard that big projector were into life, which was a moment of elation for me. You know, it's, it's one of the reasons why I do this job is that love for cinema and, and TV. Oppenheimer was everything that I thought it was going to be. It's three hours long. And at no point did I feel like it broke pace, that anything needed to be cut. Killian Murphy, who plays Oppenheimer, is such a an interesting, captivating actor who is such a raw and rough performance. He's really takes us back to that time frame and that anticipation and that danger. I mean, I didn't know a lot about the historical story of Oppenheimer other than 
you know, just that he was the creator of the atomic bomb. But I didn't know about the court case afterwards or the trial or how his kind of downfall came about. So that was definitely interesting. I mean, it's a great week for cinema. Lots of people are saying they're going to see the two on the same day. I wouldn't recommend that. That's two very different. You know, there's a, there is a mashup available, Barbie Heimer, that people have put together. So you can always, uh, if you haven't got time for both, you can just um, do the mashup and say that you've seen enough of both. So have an opinion, obviously. Don't let anything else, you know, don't let the ignorance of the whole thing get in your way. You can always sneak, sneak a look at that. Take me to the archive now, Caroline. Okay, this is just a quickie. This is Moon Age Daydream, which sounds suitably celestial. We talked about Bowie. There's loads of things I could point you to if you're a fan of Bowie. If you like Bowie Night, your love, dot, dot, dot. This is just one suggestion. It's on Netflix. It was made in 2022. Brett Morgan, very respected, celebrated filmmaker. He explores Bowie's creative, spiritual and music journey. It's got lots of never before seen footage. You wouldn't think that was possible. Bowie must be like Princess Diana, one of the most filmed and photographed figures of the 20th century and into the 21st. You know, I once asked a veteran music writer who was the most charismatic artist, performer he'd ever met in his long and incredibly wide ranging career. He met all of them and he looked at me and he kind of paused for a while and then he just, he said, Bowie, always smiling. And that's always stayed with me. And so if you think nothing else of Bowie, just remember that he is always smiling. Oh, that sounds charming. Anyway, that's all from us this week on Smart TV. As always, please do write in with the shows that you're watching, what you're enjoying, any recommendations we've given you that you've liked or hated. We're always open to feedback. Um, You can catch us on podcast at radiotimes.com. In the meantime, uh, a new episode of the Radio Times podcast will be out on Tuesday of next week. It is with the comedian, uh, Jack Whitehall, who is an absolute blast. We've got him talking about his relationship with his dad, Michael. Whitehall, a Radio Times favourite, as well as his career low, which was appearing on Celebrity Juice. There's lots there. It's a really great chat. And until next Friday, from me and Caroline, happy happy viewing. viewing. 